I cannot fuck up for this. Johnny Capcom. That's me. All right, and I'm Kyle Von Kubik, and this is We Talk Games Pick of the Buck, week two of Schmucktember. And the game we're playing right now, I would advise everybody to try their best to avoid masturbation through this. <laughs> All right, well, last week's hint for me was uh, bunny ears. Remind everybody of your hint. It was protection. And of course, that means we're talking about 1996's Sexy Proteus by Konami. And again, this was a Johnny Capcom pick of the buck. That's true, because you couldn't have been fucking bothered. (laughs) (laughs) Sexy Proteus was a game I wanted to play for years, because I love Proteus. This all starts back in 1981 with Konami's Scramble, which is their first horizontal shooter. And then the progression or the evolution of that became Gradius in 1985. And Gradius was very successful that they decided to do a spinoff, which would parody it. So the parody was Parodius 1988. That was successful, and they decided to do more parodies. And the, the I believe the fifth installment in the Parodius series is Sexy Parodius 1996. Yes. When I was in college, I got big into Super Nintendo emulation. And uh, I expect any moment now the Garda Shiakana will <laughs> kick down my door and send me off to the joy from my uh, software infringements. But uh, well, yeah, all those committed in Wales, so what you going to do, copper? <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, we would play. Uh, You've got a flag of convenience. <laughs> yeah. Come across the Irish Sea, see what's waiting for you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, we would play Parodius, and I loved Parodius. The first time I played it was on the Game Boy. And oh, wow. Yeah, uh, my cousin gave me a loan of it. And the weird thing is, like, I was so used to weird Japanese games, and I'm sure you probably know what I'm talking about here, right? Like, mm-hmm. they were so strange, but you didn't realize it because you were a kid. Right. You know, you'd be playing these games and you go, oh, look, I'm shooting a giant dancing woman in her ankles. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're watching Rocco's Modern Life and stuff like that. And Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> yeah, it's just par for the course. Like, right. Obviously, when I got older and I started playing these games again, I was uh, looking up other entries in the series. Uh, there's another Proteus game, and there's a Japanese word uh, that says that begins with G before it. But I believe if I try to pronounce it, I will be a racist. So <laughs> I am going to uh, refrain from that. But uh, someone sent me a video of Sexy Proteus, and immediately I wanted to play the living shit out of it. But I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't get maimed her on back then. And Even I didn't today, know it. it's hard to run on maim because you're going to need to uh, get yourself a Konami BIOS. I believe it's KonamiGX.BIOS. Yeah. Google and, that. You'll figure it out on your own, I'm sure, if you really <laughs> want to play this game. But it is difficult. To, it doesn't just – it's not plug and play on maim. No. I, I mean, I am lucky to have it for Xbox One, mm. uh, if you know what yes. I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it came preloaded, much oh, like wow. Alex the Kid. I didn't see that uh, bundle set for the Xbox One. 
Yeah, it's weird. Uh, that must I have came it. out before the Titanfall bundle. Was lying around in my friend's basement bundle. <laughs> and he went here, take that if you want it. And by that, I mean he gave me an original Xbox with XBMC loaded onto it with this, and that's how I played it. What's cool about it is like I finally got to play it after all these years, and it was as fun as I thought it would be. But it was also, and I would, I mean this with affection, one of the dumbest fucking games I've ever played in my life. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I guess I'll go with dumb as well. It, it's it's silly. It's childish. The the title would lend itself to make people think maybe it was like a adult title, like games we talked in the uh, past about, like uh, like Hot Girls or whatever. Uh, yeah, Play Play Girls and um, Excelsior. It's not like that. It's more campy. Then it yeah. is sexual, although there are scantily clad women in there and there's some sexual innuendos. I think dumb actually does sum it up, but not in a bad way. It's dumb in a fun way. Well, that's the thing. I never did play a shooter that needed sexual content in it. The weird thing is, like, it's that kind of Japanese jokey Takeshi's Castle sexual approach, mm-hmm. you know? If it does fit in with that kind of. I don't know if you've ever been on, like, the internet and seen uh, any of those. What's the internet? Uh, the internet is basically a wait. Is that a, a giant, series of tubes? Yeah, a, t- a tin can pornographic solution. Oh, is okay. what uh, the internet is. When you go on there, sometimes you might be on one of these websites and you might see one of these Japanese uh, game shows where it's like, "Here, we're going to play a game of bowling where you slide a oiled up man down a, a lane and he hits pins, and then when he do- if he hits enough pins, a girl takes her top off." Yeah. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. Right. It's that kind of culture uh, that exists in Japan. This kind of, like you were saying, campy kind of. If any of our listeners are from Europe, they will know the Carry On films. It's very much in the kind of Carry On British arf. Fucking, you know, ended up here. You know, how's your father? Fucking <laughs> tradition of sex comedy stuff. Right. And, uh, this game is very immature. Like a lot of the games, I'm sure, that have been discussed on the show, adult content, but put together almost aimed at a person with a child's intelligence. Yeah, like a, like a 12 or 13 year old. <laughs> yeah. Right you're on not, the just... cusp of puberty is uh, the demographic they're shooting for. This is really jumping ahead. But I would say three quarters of the way through the game, there is this one segment where you fight a series of mini bosses that plays like one of the adult titles that we're talking about, where as you defeat those mini bosses, tiles are removed from the background to reveal a girl. And very early on, you see some side boobage and what you believe is a pink areola. And you keep breaking away the titles and the game purposefully makes you wait till the very end to reveal the picture. And it's just like a scallop shell. It's a little pink scallop shell over her breast, which I thought was, again, was so immature and childish and fun and like tongue tongue in cheek about it that the game to me never comes off like offensive at all. It's very campy and, and, and jokey. And there is no real nudity in the game. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago when we talked about Excelsior, it was weird that that game exists and the mechanic exists, and there was details in that game that shouldn't have been in there. But overall, it's just a uh, bit-mapped picture that someone ripped out of a penthouse, scanned into a computer, and hid behind a 16-bit game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, there was. Oh, this, I know what you mean. <laughs> there was like this weird level of detail put over that picture, but in the end, it was just that 
you know, gross picture <laughs> that was hidden wow. behind there. Whereas this, I don't know if I, I would chalk it up to being an adult title at all. I would chalk it up to being, because of the Japanese sensibility of it, being a parody game. Now, I know that future titles kind of went more towards that direction of being kind of like even more pervy. But this yeah. is like the sweet spot for this series. It's weird that um, you mentioned like games getting pervy, and so, I mean, like Japan is. I don't even want to mention the names of some of the games that are that are big sellers in Japan, but are completely creepy. Yes, you know, it's the kind of thing that gets a podcast shut down. I should imagine. <laughs> well, so, and I yeah. know not to get too far away from this excellent game, but I know there's yeah. there's also been a lot of pushback too from a lot of developers over there, where it's like, hey, it's not not everything we make is this, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, it, it still is part of the Gradius series in a weird way because Vic Viper, the ship from Gradius, is in this game. Right, eight playable characters, and each of them has their own type of shot feature they all play the same way but the, their yeah. shots look different and their power-ups look slightly different from one another i went straight away and p- picked the penguin um <laughs> because if i can't pick the octopus who is in this game as a he's the the guy you're working for i guess because the story of the game from what i can tell is he opens up a kind of detective agency or something yeah you're like some sort of private investigator <laughs> slash mercenary yeah, and the first level, someone comes to you and basically says, I guess they say, a giant corn cob is jumping around the countryside in Japan. <laughs> and stole my ice cream bar. Yeah, yeah. please go uh, and Kill sort them out. Yeah. And I can't remember the octopus's name. but Oh, speaking was- of abacuses from last week, in the opening sequences, the penguin is playing with an abacus for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> he's counting up all the coins. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's doing all the math, crunching the numbers. And this is what drew me in because I didn't really. Like, it is kind of later on that the well that the sexual content kind of appears. Mm. You know, you jump in there to that first level and you're playing up against the um, the corn cob. And like, <laughs> I remember looking at it the first time, going, "Yeah, there's nothing sexier really than an adorable, <laughs> cutesy little flying sheep coming at me across the screen in right. formation." You know? And then, but then you go up against the corn cob, and he is he is great. I yes. love that boss. Because he, he harkens open. back, yeah, uh, much like later on in the game, harkens back to the kind of boss that you saw in Proteus from the beginning. You know, like the pirate penguin and the cat submarine and yeah. stuff like that, you know. It's uh, definitely a bridge. It's an iteration of that Proteus. I believe it was the fifth installment. And yeah. uh, it's, it's you're right. It's not gratuitous in the the sexy part of the Proteus. And it, there's a lot of fun that you know what it actually now that I come to think of it uh, you know obviously the notes mechanically that it hits is gradius but the sensibility of it if I was to compare it to something that maybe more people are familiar with is the Wario land where character series because there's yeah. a big emphasis uh, on the greed and collecting coins and kind of being shitty. <laughs> And then yeah. they just threw in some sexiness in there with bubble bath babes and scantily clad bunny girls and stuff like that. That you shoot out of the sky. Yes. Yeah, you do. You. In fact, that's another th- cool thing about the stages because 
in between you get these little animations where here's the next mission. So a character will come and complain about something and, you know, kill the corn cob that stole my ice cream bar or this place is haunted with girls. Shoot the girls out of the sky. <laughs> but they give you metrics at the top of the screen. So, you know, it'll be like collect 300 coins. So you collect 300 coins or you don't. So there's a good yeah. and bad ending in some of those. And uh, or it would be like shoot. 300 bunny girls and you do or you don't and if you don't you get a lower ranking obviously and you you get a different end screen because at the end of each stage uh, you get a little animation cartoon or screenshot again showing you the store the story quote-unquote progressing (laughs) i think this is going to be a common theme with you and i talking about these these shmups for shmup timber about the narratives don't mean shit basically no they don't i don't know if you ever played the red star but that was like a, a bizarre mishmash of like a beat 'em up and a shoot 'em up. And uh, you run across the stage beating people up like Streets of Rage or whatever, or Final Fight. And you get to the bosses, and the bosses are bullet hell machinery things like that will shoot waves of bullets at you. And there's this big complicated narrative, and the game knows you don't care. <laughs> it's just like, skip by it, go on, just do it. And in this game, like, there would obviously be, you'd understand more of it if you were able to speak Japanese or read Japanese. But uh, there's not a whole lot of text to skip by in those cutscenes. It's just like, here's an image that you can easily understand. One of them I don't quite understand. Uh, like, there's a picture of a large-breasted woman on the wall. <laughs> yes. And the octopus is given out to a girl who is uh, has quite small breasts, and she's crying, and he's there going, why aren't you more like her? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that's got to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> but, but I do remember you know, the sequence. The thing is, like, um, I was saying about the characters you can pick. One of them to get to again to justify the sexy um, part of this game. One of them is a little stick figure that rides around on a paper airplane. Yes. And this game is replete with many power ups. Like, there's tons of them to the point where they become almost fatal to you because you can't see where you are yeah, with your and, options. And honestly, I've played this game hundreds of times. I still don't really understand the power-up system. Yeah, the bells. The bells. You know, you shoot the bells, it changes color, and you get different power-ups that way. There's some sort of gimmick at the lower left of the screen that'll highlight a different progression of power-ups. But they never seem to coincide with what I'm doing on the screen. But it's very satisfying. It's very rewarding. You get more and more of these power-ups. And what's nice about it, too, is when you die, all these bells come out of you so when you yeah. start back up again you can quickly collect the bells or shoot them to change their color and get different power-ups from that the stick figure guy you get shield with him each character has their own unique power-ups power-ups right you know some of them don't have options some of them do some of them have shields some of them don't and the shield for the little stick figure man is a condom yes. like, you know <laughs> uh, which goes back just, to your hint yeah protection and uh, i remember a couple of times uh, after i played it friend of mine has picked him and i'm not even looking at where his character is because i was playing a two-player he just goes i've got a fucking condom on my ship <laughs> and i was like what and i just died instantly because i couldn't stop looking at it like you know <laughs> the weird thing about the uh, the game is like i don't know if you, have you played this two-player okay yes i have and i was gonna get into this but you go ahead yeah it, if you stay in formation a third kind of well, I guess an, an option appears between you and player two. Yeah. And 
adds an extra range of fire to your uh, to your attack. It's like another missile or shot, and it actually changes depending on the combination of the character uh, yeah. that you and your two player are. But yeah, it's it, if you're close to one another, it creates like a triangle effect where you, you add another gun essentially between you guys. Which is cool, it's, and it's it, that actually does kind of help when it comes Absolutely. to collecting the coins later on. A confession for me is I've never actually gotten any of the good endings to any of the levels. Uh, I've never completed any of the... Uh, the metrics, conditions. you mean? Yeah, the conditions yeah. at the top? I've never done it. I've done uh, it. Every time I, every time I get to uh, Toilet Penguin, <laughs> I, I always get the image of him with his sinister look flushing everybody down. The th- I've never oh, managed see, to Oh, see, I've never it. seen that one because I've gotten that. That's interesting. That's what we should talk about is the bosses. Uh, well, we talked about the bosses, but you got the corn cob. You've got yeah. the penguin that wears a toilet like some sort of cybernetic hat. <laughs> he flushes it as well. He flushes it. <laughs> and then monsters come out of where normally crap would go down. <laughs> and he, the best part about it is, is like when, when it comes off his head, he's got like, and I can only describe it as a Vern Gagne style comb <laughs> 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 yes. And, uh, there's also the uh, the really strange cake frosting boss with yeah. the two squeeze bottles of frosting and then the lips in between and the lips open up. I don't know if that is a sexual innuendo. I, I'm certainly <laughs> not recognizing it. It's kind of weird looking. Yeah, when um, you go up against uh, Medusa as well, you're supposed to shoot her in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cool thing about Medusa is she's at the end of a castle which at the beginning of it has Castlevania music in it. it has right. well, I mean, and that's what the Parodius series was, or is. It, it, like a collection of all these different Konami games being parodied in a horizontal shooter. Uh, so you'll see themes from, I mean, obviously some of the characters are from other games, but you'll see themes from other Konami games, including Castlevania music-wise. The one level, you go up against the nesting doll, like the egg, and as you're coming up toward her, you see like a little 8-bit guy who looks like he's from the arcade game Kung Fu. Oh, okay. The backgrounds, super detailed. Yeah. Foreground and background, super detailed. There's a lot going on to look at. But you'll want to play through a couple times. One, to change a character and try something new. But two, because you'll notice little things like that peppered through the level. It definitely does help to switch your characters out. If you play with two players, well, some of the, the um, like Vic Viper's alternate is called Lord British. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of stuff I want from my Japanese games, you know, just like loose word association. <laughs> <laughs> I've beaten the game, but I've gotten the bad endings. Right. Um, I, I will say that, I mean, like we were talking about the visuals, the visuals are great. The music is just like, circus music almost well it's bubbly type of remixes of songs you're familiar with there's some classical music in there i know the can can is in there yeah um obviously when you first start you got twinkle twinkle little star and they're all just sort of like like you said upbeat sort of carnival circus type of remixes of those songs the sound I know in the art, you know, I'm playing playing the main version. You're playing the main version as well, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But uh, the sound reminds me very much of the uh, Super Famicom or Super Nintendo sound chipset. 
Definitely. A lot of times, like, I'll recognize music sort of more like the Sega Genesis or the Mega Drive, where it's got, like, that tinny, sort of hollow, soulless techno type of feel to it. <laughs> the this, fart bass yeah, from the, the, the Mega Drive. Right, yeah. But um, <laughs> the Super Nintendo had a different type of set of music chips. Unfortunately, because of Stinky's mandatory uh, change-up, Wiggly's not here to discuss this, because I'm sure he could discuss this at length. But um, to me, the, the music has a much more bubbly, warmer tone about it. And I, I enjoyed it. I kind of like the music. It fits with the tropes of the rest of the game. Yeah, it won't blow your mind. You won't be downloading the soundtrack, probably. No. I mean... But it, it it fits the game. But like, I, it, there's no, you know, when you play Fez or something like that, you come away going, oh, I gotta download the soundtrack straight away. Like, and you know, our Resident Evil, or whatever, got these. You know, I couldn't tell you. There's no definitive piece of Parodius music. It's basically what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. But uh, it's a really, really, really fun game. I do like uh, the choice with the music of that opening theme is played for each level. Like yeah. when you first start a level, it has the same th- song, and then it goes into the theme of that stage. So there's Actually, like that introduction music, and then it goes into the the stage music. The Super Nintendo version had the best game over sound I've ever heard. When you die, the game will go. Dur, 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 dur. <laughs> I hope that was I hope that was inserted in post over you <laughs> yeah. doing it. It's really brilliantly ugly. Yes. That kind of, you know, the Super Nintendo version. Fantastic. Now, look, every iteration, every evolution of the We Talk Games podcast has talked about this game. I think this is the first time we've actually talked about it in great length. But it goes without saying, again, a great installment for week two of Shmup Timber. Make sure you check this game out. And uh, before you do, make sure that you get hip to that sounds so square. <laughs> Make sure you get hip, kids, to this week's <laughs> pro player tip. Maybe. Heidi, everybody. Stinky the Game Master here with your blow blare blip. Expert gaming advice for We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pick It Buck, August 8th, 1989. Hey, what a game is it? Oh, uh, sexy parodious. Well, try to do like Kyle says, try to get. All, uh, meet all your requirements uh, from each mission and uh, don't get killed. Uh, that's what you want to do. You want to don't get killed and if you pick up one of those green bells from the Twin Bee Bells, that'll probably help you out a little bit too. Hey, some of your mames have a rewind button on there. Use that. Make sure you don't get killed and you will get the special Milky Way bonus level. And at the end you fight a she like a Betty Boop Except she's a star. Also, if you play this on your PS2, guess what? It's a game by Konami. You'll never guess what type of code you might use in here. Just remember to substitute your horizontal directions with the left and right trigger buttons. And, uh, you know, you might want to try uh, tic-tac-toe instead of A and B. Hey, that's it. I'm good at this. Okay. How do I hang up? Oh, wow. That was a great tip. Don't you agree, John? It tipped me over my chair. Yeah. Much begrudgingly, I uh, sent another dollar over to you so you could do the uh, pick of the buck gimmick. For those who don't know, you put dollars in a hat, you shuffle them around, you pull them out. Whoever's name is on the dollar, you get all the dollars in the hat. You get the kitty 
as it's called. So, uh, John, please shuffle those dollars. And uh, okay. just as a reminder to the audience, I do hate this. Um, and while you're shuffling those dollars, let me uh, remind everybody, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash WTG podcast. There's a lot of things going on there uh, almost every day. So while you're waiting for the next Pick of the Buck show to come out, go there, uh, be a part of that community, be a part of the fabric of We Talk Games. And you can also do that by going to wetalkgames.com. You can log in with your Twitter account, your Facebook account, your Windows Live ID. There's some interactions happening there. You can go on there, just say hello, suggest the game. If you want to email that suggestion, you can go to your email account and type in stinky at wetalkgames.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think of the show. What do you think of Sexy Parodius? What do you thought of Gigawing? Maybe you're a week behind. You can also give us suggestions. We'll ignore them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> make sure you go to iTunes. Leave us some reviews. It really helps helps us out. Let's people know that we exist uh, so they can find us. The I've picked the book. Yeah. And the, Pins this and needles. week's winner. Yeah. This week's winner. Okay. Is Wiggly somehow... What the fuck? I don't know. Uh, there was only $2 in that hat, right? And one of them was his. This is Montreal all over again. Uh, here's our hints for next week's game. My clue for next week's pick of the buck is Native American stereotypes. And mine is rootin' tootin'. <laughs> And now, T.T. Spookins with next week's audio clue. Hello, I am T.T. Spookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick a D-Buck, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. Alright, We Talk Games, Pick of the Buck, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. I'm Johnny Capcom. And make sure to check out week three of Schmucktember. See you next time.